0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here.
1: Hello, I'm Ms. H. And today, Mr. O and I will be discussing episode three of season five, Love After Lockup. On this episode, Justine and Michael bicker about work on a family day. Travis enjoys his first pizza, beer, and sex with Ashley after prison. Gabby and Chris tell his family they got married. Nathan tries to get the house ready for Skylar with the help of his aunts, and Monique gets fat shamed by Derek's sisters. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy.
0: Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. And how are you feeling here at the end of our winter break?
1: Uh, I don't want to go back, but happy new year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Happy new year. Here's all the work that you were trying to put off.
1: Oh, I know. Right. I got a grade after we get off of this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Every time, every year it's like, I'll catch up on my grading. And then I grade absolutely nothing. I'll, I'll break.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's just jump in. I'm going to start with the group I probably saw the least amount of. And that is Ashley and Travis. So Travis is in the car is trying to figure out how to get the internet on his phone but I guess he opens the camera app instead and he just starts taking pictures of Ashley. So he <laughs> says that so far the chemistry they have over the phone has translated to real life. It's it's all there. It's not kind of it's not as weird as he had feared. And he's also impressed by all the non-gray and blue colors in the real world. He's like there's red bricks, there's green trees. It's amazing. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do their first night together. and and they kind of get to the subject of who's watching her dog and of course it's her neighbor Martin who Travis had wanted her to stay away from but she hung out with and got drunk anyway so she tells him that they're going to change the locks though so Martin is done with the house but tonight they're not going back home they're staying at a hotel where Travis just wants to get some beer and some pizza so he's holding off for later for the steak instead of you know the gross meat like substance they had to serve to him in prison. He's really yeah. looking forward to some quality beef. So after failing at drinking the beer, he just like turns the bottle upside down way too fast, and it foams all in his mouth. Um, they run to the they run down to the hotel room to have sex, which Travis hasn't done for he estimates fourteen years. For Ashley, it's been more like four and a half years. Um, and they do that awkward thing where we kind of are going to see how long production will stay in the room uh. and how much of Ashley's underwear we're going to see while they try to do it in the bathroom. So he takes a break um, from all that to come out and ha- get his pizza um, from the doorman and take a bite of a slice and then goes to join her in the shower. So the next morning we see Travis coming back into the hotel room with coffee. And Ashley tell, says that he did, didn't disappoint last night and she's excited for, you know, getting to – you know, have sexy slumber parties all the time with her new best with her best friend. So they leave the room and then get on a plane to go to Florida where she lives. They were in Virginia. So they get um to her house and they meet Teddy the dog, who seems happy to see both of them, and they head straight to the bedroom where Teddy thinks that Travis is there to sleep with him instead. Like, ooh, new, new bed buddy. Fantastic. Um then it's to the pool where there's a giant diamond ring floaty, which they you know make jokes and are pretty cute with. So he says that he verbally proposed to her, but he doesn't consider it real until he has had the time and inclination to get a real ring. So he feels that he wants to be more established in his own life and not dependent on her before they actually get engaged. Then she, then he keeps walking around the house being just like wowed by everything. Um, but we also see that maybe she's not quite as, in, as, uh, secure as we think because she's stashing all of her jewelry in a safe. Mm-hmm. I guess so. After all this, I get the question was, does Ashley think they're engaged or does Travis not? Like, is this couple actually engaged?
1: I think that in her mind, they are engaged. Um, So I wouldn't even be surprised if she was running around referring to him as her fiance. I can see that. Uh, You know, she shoved that ring on his finger last week and that that's for life because that ring ain't coming off. Uh, (laughs) But um, I do think she has expectations of what a proposal should be. So I do think it's like. They're waiting for an official or she's waiting for an official proposal because I could see her like wanting the whole romantic gesture of it all. Right. Um, But I had concerns because – It kind of sounds like Travis made a lot of promises that he's like, "Eh, maybe I'll follow through with them. It just – it didn't really seem like it was word. Like, I could see him being the type of person who has a lot of talk when he's, you know, like the prison talk, Mm -hmm. prison sweet talk, but I don't know if there's going to be as much follow through.
0: I, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, that, that, especially the way it came from the like engagement. He's like, yeah, I technically proposed to her, but we're not really engaged. Yeah. And it's like, I don't – that's not how it works. It's not like, oh, no. well, the, everyone knows this proposal didn't count. It's like, does everyone know that proposal didn't count? Because a proposal is a proposal. And so we kind of have that weird thing where it's like I, I, you kind of almost sit into that – want to sit into that thing of like, oh, we've talked about getting married and we're intending on doing it, but we're not engaged yet. Like yeah. I think that's a really common place for people to be yes. in, th- in their relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I don't know why we don't see more people do that. Instead of saying, oh, no, we're engaged and he proposed to me, but I'm waiting for him to propose to me. It's like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, Or I'm waiting on doing the proposal until later and it's like, like yeah, she's my fiance, but I'm waiting to propose until later. and It's like that's – that's not what fiancé means. You can't just do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like interesting. I'll, I'll say that my sister kind of did things like, I kept on saying it, ass backwards. Like mm-hmm. they basically had their entire wedding planned before her husband or boyfriend at the time ever like got down on a knee and like actually officially proposed to her and she was wearing a ring. Right. And I remember right. thinking at the time like wow, you guys did everything super backwards. And the reasoning for it was actually odd, in my opinion. She didn't want anyone giving input on their wedding. So, that was the reason why she wanted the wedding planned. So, when people say, oh, I think you should do this, she'd be like, well, it's already planned. Too bad. So, that Uh was her reasoning. So, that was like years ago, right? And I feel like I'm kind of in the same situation. Like, I am currently planning a wedding, but Mm – I don't have a ring. There's no proposal, but there's a date. We have kind of a venue.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's more common, but it's more common for like venues that um have like a long wait, right? Like I yeah. like like I know the place my sister got married at. Um it's like a two year wait, right, right for, for right. the venue. So you go ahead and you're like, This is a pretty serious relationship. I'm gonna book it. <laughs> <laughs> and have a venue and like know what's what we're doing and like at some point in the meantime I'm assuming there's going to be a ring that comes so
1: right right yeah I mean I get that too because especially coming out of the pandemic like everybody was kind of impacted with how crowded venues were because everybody you know got engaged over the year or two years all of a sudden are actually having two, their... two years
0: worth of weddings packed right. into a year for sure right
1: yeah. and so it's like every venue is super packed so yeah I definitely saw that kind of weird uh i guess gray area kind of cropping mm-hmm. up but i don't even know if i would consider this a gray area it's just they're not on the same page no, she definitely thinks this is a hundred percent headed toward a marriage and just by like just the sounds of it it's like it's not that he's like a no or even a maybe he's just like a oh i i need more information
0: right which is a which is a totally reasonable place to be hen when you've yeah. never actually met the person like that's that's fine it just is if she's not on the same page then it's not
1: yeah but I think it kind of goes back to the beginning of their relationship it kind of I think it's very similar in that. She didn't want to show him a picture of her until she got some kind of verbal commitment. But it's Mm -hmm. like, but why? It's just so easy to say, yeah, sure, I'll be exclusive with you. See your picture and be like, nope, change my mind, you know, and it's just like.
0: It's like promise promise you won't laugh. Like, I yeah. can't make that promise because I might be like, no. Yeah.
1: Right. So this kind of just seems the same to me. It's like, oh, we should get married. And then he's just like, yeah, sure. Because how easy is it for him to be like, yeah, let me see the picture and then be like, nope, I'm out. I don't want to get married to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, and plus, I think a lot of this hinges on how he responds to her crying because oh, we- gosh. before we start recording, like she just – cries at everything she
1: does it's i i don't know how to feel about it like i I don't know there's some people who are a little bit better at comforting than others and i don't even what she cries about it's like she doesn't even really need to be comforted because she was crying happy tears but it makes me uncomfortable like when people are crying like that so i i would just be like i don't know what to do with you
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, part of it—it it, it gets to the point where not only do I have the comforter, I'm almost like I, you start almost you start getting angry, and you're like, "Well, you, well now you're Why crying. Why are you well, crying? <laughs> oh my god! Like, we can't even have this conversation because now you're crying. Like, it's it's crazy. Like,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, at least so far, she has been crying over happy things where you're just like, okay, most normal people wouldn't cry over that,
0: right? Maybe yes.
1: tear up, sure, because they're very happy and grateful for things in their life, sure. But it's like, you have a full on display of tears here and I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah,
0: I don't know how to, I don't know how to process this. Exactly. Right.
1: Other than to try comfort you. And clearly you don't need comforting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Justine and Michael. So Justine and Michael wake up the morning after in their matching jammies in their hotel surrounded by uh, lube and Nutella. So, Justine says that Michael was perfect. Michael is excited about their new matching outfits, as he calls his daughter Melody. The plan is for Michael to see his family, and he's very excited. His kids, Mason and Nova, are still very young, and he has only seen them twice in the last six years. Michael feels like everyone forgot about him because they didn't see him, and he compares jail to Cemetery of the Living Dead because everyone acts like prisoners are dead, even though they are still alive. Justine gets along with Michael's family, considering she met Michael through his mom. Mike gets a call from his boy, Mocha, and uh, insists on taking the call, which annoys Justine because she thinks that he can deal with that call another day. Michael is eager to take the call because Mocha has hookups in the music industry, and he thinks that his profession and professional life depends on his relationship with Mocha. They go to pick up Justine's kids to meet up with Michael's family when Mocha calls again. They bicker because Justine thinks work can wait just one more day, while Michael thinks their livelihood depends on what Mocha has to say. Michael starts to get very nervous before they get to the park where they're meeting with the family. His family runs to greet him, including his brother Lincoln, his mom and dad, his sister Anne, his sons Mason and Mike Jr., and his daughter Nova. He said that he feels like he's been brought back from the dead. Justine films the whole thing uh, while this is all going on and they have a happy reunion. And Michael says that he held back from affection in prison since he wanted to look hard in front of the other prisoners. So it was nice that during this reunion they could have long hugs and the freedom for him to cry. As the family talks about how he won't ever do anything to jeopardize his freedom again, his friend Mocha crashes the reunion. But it sounds like his family uh, was happy to see Mocha, too, because they really consider him like a childhood friend of Michael's. Do you think this Mocha is bad news? Do you think he's somehow involved in his criminal activity or this guy is like legit?
0: I don't know. I I was debating that myself because – It definitely sounds like he's involved in the music part of it. Yeah, sure. Right? And so he's some sort of producer. And it does seem like the family knew him and wasn't like, no, not him. You're the one who got him arrested. Get out of here. You know? Yeah. Like the family greeted him warmly enough that it seemed like he was, I don't know, one of the better influences around. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it definitely struck – I think it hit Justine as to whatever this guy is, right? Whatever Michael is, and it, we take Michael at his word that he's trying to straight, you know, straighten up and of a straightener. He's still a hustler, right? Yeah. And he is going to prioritize making money, mm-hmm. um, however way he sees it. And he and that's just they just saw different things, and that was I think could be the, probably the, a big trouble for their relationship because she's like, oh, just family first. We're here, we're doing this, and he's like, no. Anytime opportunity comes to make money, you got to grab it. Like yeah. No matter what you're doing, you drop everything and grab it. And that's that's a very different way to see the world.
1: Right. And yeah, that's it's going to be difficult because I feel like that's going to be a lot of, you know, and that also makes me feel like maybe he hasn't really changed all that much because isn't that what he eventually like got him in jail You know, like Mm -hmm. I am prioritizing money. And I, I know he sees it as money to support my family, but he was choosing money to support his family, a.k.a. drug dealing. Over his actual family and being there and present for them. And it just seems like he could do the same thing now. You know, it's like, I'm going to prioritize being away from my family to produce music, even though it's more of a legit lifestyle now. Right. Right. And he's going to have to work hard uh, to get that money. And, you know, it's like, well, he's going to prioritize that over actual quality time with his family.
0: Yeah. And it's – it's especially because it seems like the way he's going about, the way he wants to go about making money isn't – he's not – he doesn't seem like a kind of person that wants to have a, a steady nine to five.
1: Right. No, like he, he doesn't.
0: And so he's just going to be like – it's just always going to be like there's the opportunity. I got to be out all night. I got to be doing this. I got to come to that. I got – oh, I might be doing this this weekend. I, every time anything comes up, I just got to drop everything I'm doing and go yeah. and get that money Um, instead of – Whereas when you have this – when you have a steady nine to five, that's when mm-hmm. you can plan ahead and be like, no, this weekend I'm going to spend with my family. Right. And after school and the kids are there, I'll be there. And you can't guarantee that when all – when everything you're doing is – and I don't mean this as an illegal thing, but it's a scheme. Like he's right. always like, oh, we got this new plan and we're going to do this and we're going to hit this, 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 this. And we're going to do well, – we're going to do the music. We got to be at the place. We got to make the – we got to put – cut the records. We got to drop them off at this. So we got to come over here and there's like – it's like a whole – and it's gonna be really hard to explain because it's gonna sound overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Right. You're like, what do you have to do? And it's like, oh we gotta it's gonna sound like drug dealing, right? Yeah. Even if he's doing it straight. like, oh, we have to go and get the drop at exactly this time so we can take it over to this other person who's only available for this time to this time. And like, you know, it's gonna sound like overly complicated, and not a drug dealer. It's to Justine, who I think has a steady job, she right? She
1: does. I wanna say she was like a nurse or something like that. Right, she was that's in what I scrubs. Yeah. So something medical related, it seems. But um, yeah, and I feel like that is going to be the basis of a lot of their arguments, Mm -hmm. I feel like, is Justine just wanting Michael to be there and present. And then Michael saying, well, I want to be able to provide for my family. So these are the sacrifices I need to make. But it's like I I get I'm team Justine on this because it's like you have spent 10 years of your life. Six years of your life being in prison. Right. And it's like you don't get to choose your profession anymore because it's like you were a professional criminal and <laughs> you did look where that a landed. You. And then,
0: yeah, it puts you in jail. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it just and it's, it's going to be, from Justine's perspective, it's going to be super hard to deal with if mm-hmm. even if you let him, even if he is, you know, successful at it, because it's going to be, he's going to sit around all day long, like while you're at work, he's mm-hmm. going to be sitting around. Do remember, maybe he is taking care of a house, but he's probably going to be playing video games, talking to his friends, whatever. And then as soon as you get home and have time to spend with him, he's going to be like, all right, got a jet. Got to make that money. Right. And yeah. it's, it's, it, it, it is prioritizing things, especially if we're leaving, you know, his kids. It's like, oh, so the whole time all the kids were at school, you were just sitting around like dicking around yeah. in the house all day. And then as yeah. soon as the, all the whole family came home, you're like, got to go make that money later. And it's like, I feel like there was a better time for you to go make that money. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh I thought of what he reminds me of looks wise. He definitely gives me Nick Cannon vibes. I'm not saying he looks exactly mm. like him or anything like that, but there's been a couple of times where I'm like, he reminds me of someone. And then you're sure that's just not
0: the multiple baby mamas. That, well, I was <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> although, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think he gives Ugh. me Nick Cannon vibes. Looks wise.
0: Yeah. Yeah, also don't mix Nutella with lube. lube oh, God. Does, mm. Lube does not taste good. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, it's not, like, it, I just, it, it's not so appealing to me. Like, I have, I enjoy food. Like, food is great, it gives me uh-huh. great pleasure. I enjoy, you know, doing other stuff like the other side of that, but I don't like mixing them. It's <laughs> so like completely funny. separate, like, pleasure things for me. Like, this right. thing gives me pleasure. If This other thing gives me pleasure. Independent of each other, I don't need them combined.
1: Well, it reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld, right? Where George is, like, trying to eat a Eating sandwich, a sandwich. <laughs> while he's having sex with someone. And I bring that up to my partner all the time because he is like you in that they need to be separate. Whereas I'm like, eh. Why not let's mix everything <laughs>
0: <laughs> just it's not like it's not like mixing the chocolate and the peanut butter it's like mixing <laughs> you know like okay, pasta well that's sauce just and gross. ice cream like and I'm like I, I,
1: things that are not intended to be edible like if you were gonna mix lotion let's say with like uh, whipped cream no that's gross no I don't no no I'm not that. saying that
0: I'm saying I'm saying it's like you know that the chocolate is two great tastes that go great together right oh. these mm-hmm. to me it's just like two great tastes that don't have anything to do with one another. I don't like <laughs> see the connection at all. Except that lube tastes gross. Like. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're not supposed to eat that.
0: Yeah, it's not supposed to. but Not intentionally
1: at least. I mean, it's no. not going to kill you, but yeah.
0: All right. So going back to um, – oh, there's lots of gross sex. Let's get let's go to Gabby and Chris with the gross sex. Oh, okay. gosh. So Chris and Gabby are officially married and before they even know about it, Essie and Felicia are already mad that you know, they're not spending enough time with them. They just went over there. What are they even doing? I don't know. So – When they get in the car, if they wanted to come over, they'd ask us. When they get in the car, Chris tells us tells tells them that they just got married and they make some comments, but overall, take it better than I would have anticipated.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. But that makes sense because they're passive aggressive, right?
0: Yes. They're not gonna yell and
1: make a big scene. That's not their style.
0: But if it was Gabby alone that told them, uh-huh. they'd have more things to say. It's because Chris told them, I think. Yeah. Um, so he says that this whole dynamic between them and Gabby is stressing him out. and He doesn't want people to be fighting over him. But Felicia and Essie, true to their passive aggressive, is like, well, that's not us. We don't have any hard feelings towards Gabby. <laughs> um, <laughs> he also informs us – forms them that when he's out of the halfway house, he's going to parole with Gabby in New Jersey, not them in the city. Um, you know, not just to be with his wife now, but to be away from the people and the, the people and also the police officers that know his face in the old neighborhood. So they drive back to the city and drop off um, his family and then they have 30 minutes to get him, get in a quickie before they get to the halfway house. So she tells him about her vaginal tightening thing, which she, keeps, she keeps framing as like, I'm a virgin again, which mm, is not, no. that's not how that works. Um. And he's really not about it. He thinks it's weird. It's a waste of his settlement money, which is now gone. So he thinks that whole situation is suspect. And he loves Gabby and he just makes him think that maybe he doesn't really know her as well as he thought. So Gabby says, you know, I do love you, obviously. And if I wasn't, um, if I wasn't loyal and didn't care, then I would have just left you when you were in prison. So they ang- kind of angrily promise not to leave each other and Chris figures like, what he really needs is just to get laid. So he starts scoping out places in the city where they can k- take take care of that. Gabby says it's been years for both of them. So it'll just be a walk in the park, literally a walk in the park because they just go off behind a dumpster or something. I don't know where they went, but they God. left the car, parked on the street, stopped at like a bodega and came back 12 <laughs> minutes later with Gabby complaining about being sore. So maybe they should have had more of that loop. Oh, God. Um, so that disappointing excursion might have to hold them over for the two months or so that he's in the halfway house. So as he goes in, Gabby tells us that she has secrets that she isn't sure she'll be able to keep from him once he comes back to her house. So we get a commercial segment with them this time, and it just is about how Chris made hooch in prison. So hmm. his specialty was making a white lightning, which, you know, he said made a great party, but You had to be careful because when you were hungover in prison, it was pretty dangerous because people like to plot against the hungover folks. God. Which makes sense to me, actually. Who are we going to rob? The hungover guy. Get him. So after he's in the halfway house, uh, she goes to her mom's store to drop the news that they're married, which is going to be tough because mom doesn't like Chris at all. She says that Gabby frames it like, oh, I forgot to tell you something. We got married. Yeah, I know, right? Her mom is like, why are you wasting your time? This, this, this guy, they caught him last season talking to other girls and her mom's name is Sharon. She thinks that Gabby should just get an annulment because this relationship is weird. Chris is not even her type or at least the type Sharon wants for her it seems and she's not going to accept the marriage. Then Gabby has another thing to tell Sharon and just gives her an envelope that has – clearly has some sort of legal paperwork in it. So we don't get to see what's on the paperwork but Sharon just advises her – To get a lawyer. All right. So, what on earth could have been on this paperwork?
1: Not a clue. What legal paperwork she would have to get for? I don't know. Maybe his family's trying to sue her.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed like it was somebody was suing her, right, for something. I don't know. Possibly for the settlement money.
1: Yeah, Like maybe. spending money
0: that she didn't have rights to. Right. Because wasn't it her – God, was it her that fought with the lawyer about getting the money?
1: Yes, over the wedding dress because she wanted yes. 50000 for the wedding dress. And he was like, I can't do that unless he approves first. Right. And then even then. It just sounded like a very weird – Chain of uh, command there. So, yeah, I I feel like it has something to do with her having access to the money. But the thing that confuses me is why is she telling her mom? I mean... For all intents and purposes, it seems like she was estranged from her mom because the last season we saw her mom, like almost on the very first episode, they got in a huge fight about they were in a, uh, that she was in a relationship with Chris. And then basically mom's like, I want nothing to do with you. And so I think Gabby had said, like, basically she hadn't talked to her mom since she told her mom that she was with this guy. So I don't know. It's like and then now we're just hearing from her now. So it's like if Gabby is getting sued, why is she showing her mom? Her mom doesn't care. She's barely back in her mom's life.
0: And, and it did seem like the mom was kind of on the same page as you. I'm very confused while we're talking about this. Like, yeah. you know my feelings for it. You're welcome to come back when you dump this Chris guy. But right now, I don't really give a shit what you're doing. And like, and yeah. didn't have much to say for her. Like, just as like, hmm, this sucks for you. Get a lawyer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I, I don't know why mom is even involved. Um, Okay, so – I had texted you when I was watching this and I said, Chris has crazy eyes. So then I started paying more attention to like why I thought that. Um, And it's because when he's in person, he like his eyes are like big and wide. Like he's like, you know, like almost like he has this look of shock all the time. But that's just how he's talking Mm -hmm. compared to his interview. He just seems like so like relaxed that it makes me feel like. He's on drugs He's high, like in person or in the interview. Either one is relaxing his eyes or the other is like making his eyes bug out. But I feel like it's not the same person.
0: Maybe. But I mean, I would wager just based on the amount – based on the fact that we never see his sister not
1: yeah, doing drugs. True.
0: Right? We never see her not doing drugs. Right. Um, that it was like – yeah, when they all got together because even Gabby – was oh, like yeah. she the whole thing was over she's like oh i need to just smoke a huge joint when i get home yeah <laughs> like, she's like
1: i can't deal with this yeah
0: right and so like that car just that oh my god i'm just trying to imagine what that Contact car smelled eye, like for oh sure. my god that just i cat had to smell awful yeah um and like uh, yeah so it wouldn't be surprising that i mean there's no way he wouldn't have been like yeah give me some of that like right. but like immediately when he did that, when he got so – but I don't know if it's – I don't usually associate weed with making people's eyes bug out like that.
1: I don't either unless that's just how they naturally are.
0: Yeah. And, and then smoking it's weed else. like
1: relaxes his <laughs> eyes where he's just like, oh, yeah. You know how some people like are practically squinting and they're like – Yes, yeah, their eyes
0: are almost yeah, like yeah. closed. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I think of. Sure.
1: So maybe if he has buggy eyes like weed does the opposite and so it's like – he's relaxed just to make him look normal
0: yeah i don't uh, it, i don't know even don't to know what happened behind that <laughs> oh, by the God. dumpster or whatever But it sounded awful
1: oh uh, well like, i was gonna say he was making the most crude crass like comments about like having sex the entire time i'm just like oh my gosh you're on tv stop it we don't want to hear that
0: it did but i don't know th- the thing that got me is like Gabby seemed like she was also like, yeah, because they try to do it in the stall, like oh, in the bathroom yeah. stall, like oh, bus yeah. station two. Like, so I'm not surprised they just snuck off somewhere and got a quickie. And she says, when they were done, Gabby was like, that sucked. That was awful. I hate this. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she did she did not seem like she enjoyed herself. And it probably has to do with the stupid procedure she had do. <laughs> right, the
1: tightening. It's like, <laughs> well, you know. All right. Well, OK. um The other thing that I would actually kind of credit Chris with is – you know, even though, like, because we kind of talked about, like, you know, the reaction of his family when they found out, you know, they were married, and I just think that's how they are, right? They're super passive aggressive. They, you know, aren't going to yell and scream or make a big deal about it. And the way they kind of said it, uh, said it, they were just like, "Oh, congratulations," and they didn't say it like extra sarcastically or anything like that, but. Right. Chris actually picked up on the fact that they weren't happy with it. And he was like, well, you know, I know how you guys feel, but you all need to get along. And I was just like, wow, good for you that you figured it out. And it's probably because he like grew up in that family. He knows like how his family is and how they would react to things. But Well,
0: he always knows because this happened before. We saw it earlier. It's like mm-hmm. it, it, Chris just is, is good at. De-escalating and dealing with like both sides of it, it's like mm-hmm. we had that, like the car thing. He got in a fight about being in the car. they were bringing the police over. I think Chris talked to he talked to Gabby. He talked to Essie. He talked to Gabby again, and then everybody was in the car.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Like,
0: he knows. He knows. He knows what he's dealing with. But yeah, he 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 is seems maybe more emotionally intelligent than a lot of people. Right. I was gonna say earth. I
1: appreciate that he sensed the vibe, even though what was being said didn't match. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. Uh let's move on to uh Nathan and Skylar. So Nathan gets a call from Skylar, where Nathan tells Skylar how excited about picking up uh her he is. And Nathan tells Skylar about his Aunt Tina not being supportive and actually disrespectful towards Skylar. Skylar's concerned that they are both not oh sorry, no, Tina. Aunt Tina is concerned that both are not good for each other since they both have criminal past. Skylar tells Nathan she doesn't want that kind of energy on her day, on her release day. Nathan's Aunt uh, Tara, Tara comes over to help prep their house. We learn that Aunt Tina is his mom's sister and he lived with Tina when his mom died. He and his two cousins were wild and gave Tina a hard time. Tina shows up and Nathan goes out to have a confrontation thinking that... He could get her to see uh this time he wanted support and, uh you know, they were both stubborn. And then Nathan actually ends up walking off. Tara comes out to try and smooth things over. Tara acknowledges that Tina has been there for everything and knows everything, but she questions if they can do anything but support Nathan. Tina vents that she is the most concerned that Skylar has had two dead boyfriends that Nathan doesn't seem to want anyone to know about. Terry acknowledges her concerns, but tells her that she's going to go back to Nathan to support him and, you know, essentially give him a chance to fail. Tina gets back to work uh, as Nathan drives off to pick up Skylar. Before he picks her up, he has to meet with her family, her mom, Heather, and brother, Drew, because they're going to also be there uh, when Skylar's dropped off. On his way, Skylar calls to give him details about her pickup. She brings up that the last time they saw each other, it wasn't good. They had met up when they were both in halfway houses. Nathan says that they were cruising around and lost track of time, while Skylar seemed to imply on the phone that they had been fighting and she missed curfew. Nathan is worried that Heather will hold his part in her going back to prison against him. Nathan meets up with the family, and Drew suggests that he introduce Nathan to his barber to get his beard trimmed. Nathan is trying to sell Heather on him living a different life, but Heather is worried about the addiction and what, you know, may potentially trigger him. Heather thinks they shouldn't be around in Gainesville, the city that they're living in, because this is where Skylar was using and she thinks that that might be a trigger. Heather says that she was humiliated and devastated when Skylar went back to prison. She doesn't quite trust Nathan or rely on him for her not to go back to prison, and Nathan asks them for their blessing and tells them that he's going to propose in a few weeks. Drew says that in order for him to feel confident that he needs uh, that Nathan needs to be consistent over time. And he says there's plenty of time for him to bless their union. Nathan asks them not to make fun of him if he cries as a van pulls up, but they can't really see if she's inside. Okay. So there is definitely a weird thing that Nathan doesn't seem to want to talk about uh, with the halfway house situation. um, mm-hmm. He at first in a previous episode had said, you know, like, well, I don't think it's my place to say what happened or something along those lines. Right. Where. Sure. He was trying to be respectful of like, you know, her side. And. It definitely seemed like he glazed it over when he was talking about, oh, we were just like, you know, hanging out on the lakes and whatever. And then we missed curfew. And then she gets sent sure. back to prison. Whereas right. she was like, it was not good. You know, we fought. And mm-hmm. then it sounded like eventually she just it, inevitably she missed curfew. That's what got her sent back to prison. Yes, but right. why she missed curfew seems to be two different stories. Where Nathan is certainly trying to paint a nicer picture
0: and more innocent picture of yeah, yeah we just lost track of time in each other's eyes. Yeah, and like yeah, <laughs> yes. Whereas it, it, it yeah it it sounds like it was more of a possibly more of a fight where she was like. Probably demanding that he drive her back and he was like, fuck you. I'm not doing that shit. And then like, right, it didn't right. end up ending until after curfew, right? And she was kind of stuck there almost – which is pretty, you know, dangerously close to kidnapping for Nathan's right. side. If that's what it, if that's what went down. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem to be something that's so bad that she ended it, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever that is. But, I mean, they might both have had parts in it. Uh, for, yeah, for you sure. You know, so – you know, maybe she was screaming, like, let me out of the car. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you know. And so, it's like, well, I don't know if we're going to get a full story. I don't think we're going to get a full story until Skylar's actually out of prison and we get her side We see her on the interview,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: But, uh, yeah, because I don't think we're going to hear about it from Nathan. But uh, what did you think of Aunt Tina being – so stubborn about their relationship. It, like, to me, it didn't even make sense. Why do you even show up to this house at all then?
0: Yeah, Aunt Tina confused me. Well, for, for, The first thing that confused me about Aunt Tina is she looked like super familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because she looked like another side character Probably. from one of the two shows that we cover. Yeah. And I couldn't put my finger on which one. Or if she looked like somebody I know in real life. Oh, gosh. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, I feel like I've seen this lady before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, she came. She showed up just because I don't know. I think we like we all we all know people that show up just because – just I needed to be heard, so I went to show up and say my piece, right? Yeah, and and even though she already did it more or less on the phone, I mean, it seems like she's legitimately worried that Skylar's going to murder him. I like, don't
1: really know what she thinks. And what I thought was interesting too is she said, like, oh, Nathan doesn't want people to know that her other two boyfriends died. And it's like, he's been pretty open with us from day one.
0: And he's he he told his friends. Like we saw him play in pool right. in the other in the other episode where his friends his friends are like, aren't mm, you a little nervous that his two friends died? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The friends know because they're all in the same social
0: circles. Right. So who is who exactly is he keeping it from then?
1: I know, right? So right yeah. unless
0: it was her and it's like she just found out recently and was like, "Well, this lady, this girl's bad news, break it off."
1: Yeah. You know, and it's like how could you even possibly blame her unless she was the one injecting them with something? You know, it's like
0: Well, right. And we didn't hear like the details. of we just kind of did we just assume that the other it two was boyfriends OD? Yeah, I think that's what it was, but I don't know if I assume that or if they said it explicitly. I feel
1: like they said something specifically because it's definitely implied that that group that they are a part of are all drug users.
0: Yes, that's for sure. Yeah. Right. And But he is – hes I think he's used in the past too, correct?
1: Oh, yeah. He for sure has used in the past um, because he talks about how he's sober now. I think they talked about that when he was at the bar last week. Mm-hmm. Uh And um, I really do think that he thinks that because he can relate to her, because they have very similar pasts, that he can somehow be her savior.
0: Right. That's And that's not uncommon. But right. I don't know. Because Aunt Tina, we saw the text messages that she sent. And it's something about, like, why can't she be with her family? And, like, I don't know. Part of me is like – the, always the obvious answer for that is, well, her family – she was with her family for a long time. Yeah. Before she went to prison. So maybe her family is not the best people to keep her out of the situation. And, right. And, and you always see the families that do – because the families do the same thing. Well, no. Mm-hmm. They need to be with us. They need to be with us. We're the ones who are, who are going to fix it. And it's like, but what are you going to change? What are you going to do differently now that she comes back right. as a family? Yeah. It's going to change this. It's going to not just be a repeat of the same movie. Right. But they all just everybody just seems like can. I'll keep her away from those bad influences of people that won't mess with her and I don't know. It just it it doesn't seem like a situation that's going to work out. Like it it, it there's a lot there are I see I feel like there's a lot of red flags in this one.
1: Well, I think part of it has to do with um I think Skylar's super demanding, right? It's gotta yeah. be she seems like a difficult person just to live with hmm Right? Like, forget about her drug addiction or whatever else she has going on. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah.
0: We already had the, why are you buying candlesticks, dummy? Yeah. Like, the, like, thing. I want yeah, a picture of sure. a cow.
1: It's like, okay, <laughs> that's real specific. Like, you seem like a difficult, challenging person to have to deal with. Yes. So, I I don't know. Like, I feel like this situation is just not going to be good. And they're going to find out pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. I think this one, We since we've only seen them in every other episode, I feel like – we could have a we could have a quick flame out on this one
1: yeah it's uh definitely giving me Heather and what was his Dylan name? what's that was
0: it was it Dylan
1: yes Heather and Dylan Vibes like you know they seem like they're really into each other you know but it's like but it just blows up when they actually are together when they're
0: actually together yeah, yeah that's that's what I'm curious to see well I guess we'll see that soon because we I'm assuming that's her that opened the door and yeah we, didn't see we, her we face. saw
1: a foot <laughs> we yeah. saw one shoe. So I, yes, I think this that's is, this is one
0: where I, I called it as the scene was ending. Is like I was like, and this scene's gonna end with the van door opening and we won't see her face. And right. I was like, that's exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah, we saw a shoe. I like, so I saw that I looked at the time on my watch <laughs> and was like, Oh, I know what's happening here. Yeah. Yes, we'll see a shoe. All right, so people speaking of people getting out of vans, let's move on to oh my god, I felt like it was half the episode oh, of Monique and Derek. Goodness. Um So Monique is still waiting and still being suspicious of this white SUV that keeps driving back and forth. So eventually pulls off the road uh, near her. So she – I don't know. We kind of implied last time that it would be some other girlfriend that would be picking him up. But she's pretty sure now, even though she hopes it isn't, that this is his family because she doesn't want the family there because she doesn't – she says she doesn't want the stress of meeting both Derek and his family at the same time. She's already got enough going on. She wants to meet Derek. We'll see the family later. So she has that Derek made it clear to them that he w- didn't want his family to be there. So Monique is just going to go – just going to try to ignore them out of spite. Hmm. Kind of ignore them. Instead, her sister, Conandra, goes over to confront them about why they're there. So it is Derek's brothers and sisters and, a, I don't know, a nephew and a cousin. There are four people there. But we're only, we really only hear two of them talk. And they all just like – they're all just, their response is, we're his family and he wanted us to be here. It's only you that didn't want us to be here. The only reason he, he's told us not to be here is because of you. So we're going to be here anyway. Um, So they didn't like Monique and her ultimatum, and they're under no obligation to respect her <laughs> ultimatum. So Monique makes her way over while they're arguing, arguing with Kanandra, and says that if they're, you know, if they really are all about Derek and what's best for him, then they should have uh, listened to him. They should have – and they also should have been like her and at least visited him or kept in contact while he was in prison and not just kind of pop back on the radar a few weeks before he was about to get out. So Derek's sister, Elizabeth, who does most of the talking, says, I don't know, a lot of confusing stuff about you need to manage yourself like a woman (laughs) and respect the women. I don't know what she was talking about. They argue over top of each other for a few minutes until – when they're walking away, Elizabeth makes a fat comment. So in an interview they do see say that Derek begged them not to come. Um this is Elizabeth and the other sister. Uh but they lied and they said they wouldn't but they lied. <laughs> so soon things escalate because Kanandra shows her shows Monique a, a probably look like a snap of one of the sisters saying and this is the quote on a picture of Monique saying after 9 years and this is the first piece of pussy you get, I would throw up in my mouth. So yes. ooh, yeah. yeah. And they took the picture like while during this fight. So yeah. instead of engaging with that, though, Monique just says, you know what? that and drives away. So Elizabeth is sitting in the car, pretty proud of herself, uh, at about how jealous people all are of her hair. It uh, comes up. Like okay. <laughs> Monique is upset because this family wasn't wasn't there for him the whole time he was in prison, but now they want to show up and kind of like steal the valor of being supportive, like, oh, Which is a theme we've seen a few times in the show. So back with the sisters, they are pretty convinced that Monique is just too ugly for Derek. And the first time a more attractive woman comes by, he's going to skip out on her. So – and also, why is she – why is – she doesn't – they don't understand why Monique is so upset that they're anyway. They could have been worse. They could have brought a girl to hit on Derek while he was there – while they were with them. So while they continue to drag Monique for her looks, Derek pulls up. I'm not sure how, but Monique is also there again at the same time and he goes right to her for a hug and a kiss. So he tells her she smells good and looks good too. The, then he gives Kanandra a hug and he does tell us in a camera on the camera that he's a little bit, that she is a little bit bigger than he thought but he knew what he was getting into so it's all good. So then they, they point to his family and he goes over to them and hugs and daps everyone up. He says that being away from his family was the hardest part of being in prison. And he was surprised that he got such a big sentence for his drug dealing and knows that there's probably a better way to live his life. So he tells his family it's all good that they showed up even though he asked them not to. And he introduces Monique and they all just pretend like they didn't have a huge fight before he got out. God. So he rides off uh, with Monique and says everything's good but I'm not sure she believes it. So they drive off to the separate cars and that's when Monique brings up how upset she was that, her sister sh- that the, the sisters showed up. But Derek just wants to drop it and leave it alone. Anyway, the next step stop for Derek is to get his hair done because it's been a year since he's had his hair washed. He has dreadlocks. So – but they go to the hair place and they have to do that in the back. So they take him back to the sinks and that leaves everyone just to sit in the front of the shop, sitting awkwardly silent for first and then awkward conversation later. Uh, the emotions are less tightened so we can talk things out a little bit more calmly at first but – uh, things start to get heated and Derek comes out with a towel on his head to try to call everyone, calm everyone down. But that doesn't go bad. Go well because both sides are just like, hey, Derek, tell those other people that I'm right and they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so he tries to play both sides by saying he wanted his family there. But Monique also gets what she wants. So the end result is Monique thinks that the family are just some crazy bitches that she might not allow her him to see. Gosh. Afterward. Derek, Monique and her sister all go to the hotel without Derek's family. So Canandra is going to leave and is nervous about leaving Monique alone in in this situation. It's it's being the first time she's been with him. She's nervous. Monique is nervous about being naked in front of him and they haven't talked about whether they're going to leave the lights on or the lights off. But they get started with the cameras on in the room. So he takes off his shirt and she says he's actually not quite as small as she had thought. um, But he seems more anxious about how much shorter he is than her. So things Thankfully, don't get too far before they kick the crew out and that's the end uh, we see of them. So oh man. So who who do you got in the in the in the fight? You got the sisters or Monique? Whose side are you taking?
1: Ooh, I am gonna side with Monique because the sisters were mean. They were just yes. mean. That post, that snap, whatever it was, was just yeah. like rude and unnecessary. And it was like, who was that for exactly? It was just, it was cruel. And granted, like I get where they were coming from with the whole, you know, like Monique is the one that didn't want them there, not Derek.
0: So Mm -hmm. I get
1: why they, but like I said, they were, it was just unnecessarily cruel. So just based on that, I feel like Monique should have I mean, in an ideal world, she would have been more understanding of if Derek wants his family there, like, let him have his family there. Who are you to decide you don't want to meet his family then? Well, then if you don't want to meet his family, then you don't show up. You know, it's your choice, but not to ban another group of people. Like, that just seems like, I don't know. I don't want to say petty, but it's like, feel like that was the reason why the sisters already started off. And then, yeah, they were super mean and judgmental. And that's probably why Monique in the first place didn't want to meet them. So it was just like self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, well, they're not going to accept me because of my looks.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree that they, they had points mm-hmm. that were correct, the sisters did. But as soon as they... As soon as they narrowed in at she's too fat for him and yeah. look at this ugly, gross bitch. Yeah. She, they lost like all, any, any legitimate point they had. They just threw out the window. Right. Like, yeah, just for Completely sure. gone. Um, and so, yeah, they were just. I, and you said it right. The best word I could think of is cruel. Mm-hmm. Like they were just cruel. They were just like, we want to embarrass this woman out of being with our with our yeah. brother who. And I think she had a point it, it, if the way she described it was was you know, accurate, mm-hmm. then yeah, it is bullshit to completely ignore him the entire time he's been in prison. And then when he comes out being like, we love you so much, brother. It's like, do you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Did
0: you miss me? Did you care? Because it doesn't seem like you did until it's like right now and the cameras are here.
1: Right. And we've seen them be mean. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I would believe that they didn't care.
0: Yeah, right. And now to the, the fact that she thinks that that means because they were mean to her that, that she's like, I think I might not allow him to see his family. It's like that's yeah. like now Monique is like, okay, well you can't do that, right? Like, that's not the way. It's not allowing. not on the table of allowing your partner to not see their. You know, and the way that she frames it as being her decision on whether or not she will allow yeah. them
1: yeah. to
0: see. It's like that's no, no, Monique, no.
1: Okay, based on Derek's interview, did you think that he convinced you enough that he is into Monique? No. I didn't think I, so either. I
0: think I think he knew she was a big girl. Yeah,
1: but if he saw the pictures that we saw, yeah, she, it's like she doesn't. We couldn't even tell she was a big girl because we had no point of reference.
0: Yeah, well, and and we know we he knows that she visited the the weight loss clinic. Yeah, right. She's probably hmm, whether or not she's given him accurate numbers or not is something. But it's just you and you don't know how people carry their weight and mm-hmm. stuff. And I just think. I think that there were certain. I don't know if it she overall was as big was bigger or probably a little bit bigger than he thought. But I think certain parts of her body were bigger than he thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um. Sure. You know, and 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 that's the parts that she was hiding because on the pictures you can't like you said you can't tell how you can tell she's a big girl. You know she's not skinny. Yeah. Right. On the, even the pictures we saw, you know she's not a skinny girl, but they definitely don't really paint the full picture no,
1: of how big she is? No, I think also what you wouldn't be able to necessarily tell is height, right? So Right, 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 right. Yeah, if she's taller than him and just kind of, like, looks dominating
0: compared yes. to him,
1: like, that's not right. something you're going to get from, even if you did get a full body picture.
0: Right, right, right. I think that, and, you know, some guys can be really insecure about being shorter mm-hmm. than their girlfriend, whatever, anyway, but yes, the idea that he could just, like, literally hide behind her. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think he yeah. was ready for it, right?
1: Well, he just wasn't very convincing when he was like, oh, yeah, I knew she was a BBW and it's just like, I don't know. And, and then even how he was like, yeah, it's all right. You know, it's like, I am not convinced by your lack of enthusiasm over right. Monique's physical appearance. Like, he's just like, yeah, I kind of knew what was going on. I mean, maybe it wasn't exactly what I – Expected, but you know, nowhere in there did he ever say like, uh, you know. I think it would have been more convincing to me if it had been like, yeah, that's my type. Like I'm into that, or not even that it's your type. I find that attractive. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't explicitly. He didn't say affirmatively that he found it attractive. Right. He was like, I can deal with this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's enough that I can deal with. Right. I mean, which. He's getting out of prison, and it's been a long time. So he definitely seemed like he was willing to do whatever it was. Like they did kick production out, and it wasn't. You know, we've seen situations where people didn't want to physically be with the person, like or right away, at least, right? Yeah. And he he seemed enthusiastic enough for that, mm-hmm. but I think it's I still do. Yeah, I think it's kind of that. I can tolerate this. Like mm-hmm. I can deal with it, especially if he thinks it's gonna be temporary and she's just gonna get smaller as they're together, right? right? And it's like I can temporarily put up with this for now, like, yeah, that seems okay. But yeah, I don't know that it, it was exceptionally preventing, and which which is so hard for for her because it's just oh my god, so much of her insecurity is I just about know. Her looks, yeah, and like and to have the other the sisters like explicitly go after that and then yeah if he didn't convince us i don't think he convinced her either
1: right yeah that's that's rough so yeah we'll see what they argue about because i feel like eventually everybody has an argument right on the show so
0: yes for sure yeah
1: yeah (laughs) I, i honestly cannot imagine them making it too far past an argument
0: no i mean i think they'll have some arguments i don't uh, the question is whether or not he just takes cheap shots at her sides because i think the arguments are more going to be about her controlling mm-hmm. than about than about anything else like she just is underplayed a bit but i think she's going to be just unmanageably jealous. Yes. About everything.
1: Yes. I can see that because, and you're right about the controlling, but it's controlling because she's insecure and maybe feels out of control in other parts of her life.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: goodness. All right. So uh, we did not hear from Eris and Cameron, which makes me think that they probably don't have much of a storyline since we've only seen them once so far. So out of the group that we've seen this week, who would you consider your student of the
0: week? I went with – I guess I went with Derek. I just generally tend to gravitate towards the people that – just that got
1: released and haven't been released. terrible yet. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. He just got out. We saw him. He tried to smooth things over with his hair wet and everything. Yeah. So better than nothing. I just everybody else had some flaws and usually they don't give that person flaws.
1: Right, right. Um. I actually went with Nathan. I mean, we'll see if things kind of match up. But, uh, you know, he's trying. I think he's saying all the right things. Um, The only thing that I would say, and I think the other reason why I kind of went with him this week, too, was how he dealt with Tina. You know, he didn't engage in an argument. um, But he, you know, kind of accepted that she wasn't going to agree with him. He kind of, uh, you know, demanded some kind of, like, support or... You know, uh, yeah, support. Well, I was like,
0: you you either support or you move on. I'm not going to sit here and right. listen to you, right. like, yeah. undermine this whole yeah. thing. Right.
1: Yeah, so. Okay, uh, what about your dunce?
0: I said Gabby. Just, yeah. I mean, the, the whole going to her mom, and, and, and it did really annoy me. It's like, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you we got married. And like, you didn't forget to tell her. Right. Like, that's not how you did that. You're really going into do going to your mom, like – he, she's keeping uh, – I assume that the whatever was in that envelope was the secret that she's keeping. We have the, mm-hmm. the mysterious secrets. I'm keeping secrets and I don't know if we can keep it. Like ugh, it's just – like, I didn't like any of the ways she behaved the right. whole show.
1: Yeah. Well, I went with Derek's sisters uh, because yeah. they were just mean and nasty. Uh, they – like you brought up something like – I could definitely see them being the type of people who would come out of the woodworks just to be on television.
0: Absolutely. You're going to be there at my release? No. Well, I'm going to be on this show. And it's like, wait, 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 hold up now. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. I know I haven't talked to
1: you in however many years, but, oh, we could be on TV. Yeah. And we're going to cause drama. So that way, like, we're going to be memorable characters on TV. And so it's just, yeah, all of that. You know how I feel about uh, people who are-
0: Clout chasers?
1: Yes, I, ugh, ugh, but definitely. So, yeah, they yeah. are my dunts. Okay, what about your life lesson?
0: All right, so like we come up with it a, lot, a few times, but especially I was thinking about it when it came to them, to the sisters, yeah. right? 99% of the time, like going off to pick a fight with someone <laughs> is not going to make the situation better. Mm-hmm. Like once the sisters showed up, they weren't going to leave. Right. Right. And so to go over, well, go over and tell them they weren't supposed to be here. Like, that's this isn't going to help. We're not we're not going to make the situation better. So just, yeah, don't pick fights. It doesn't help.
1: Right. Well, my life lesson is aimed at Aunt Tina. Um, I really mm-hmm. feel like she just came over just to like almost like pout just because she wanted Nathan to know she was mad at him. You know, so you can't be mad at someone to manipulate them into doing what you want. It's almost like she wanted to be like, I'm mad. I don't support this and let him know. So that way he would break up with Skylar. Like, I guess that's what she wants in the end. Um, you can disagree with someone's choices and choose not to support them. But, you know, you can also care from afar.
0: Yeah. But and that's, that's one thing. I, I feel like that's I don't know. I'm always going to be there to support my daughters and mm-hmm. the people I care about. I might not support them with everything they do. Sure. Right. But like, hey, I'm here to support you. I'm not gonna go help you move this crazy woman into your apartment. Yeah. But you know, like if you need something different, I'm I'm right here. Here <laughs> sure. I am. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just didn't like that. I really felt like she was trying to make a big show of her being mad.
0: Yes. But it's, yeah. So it had to be it was it was the Tina show. Oh, now we has got to do what Tina wants. we got to worry right. about Aunt Tina. Where is she? Yeah. Oh, we got to come out and have an Aunt Tara's got to come out and have an intervention with her right. and it, like turn a situation that had nothing to do with her. Right. And one that know, was all about she her.
1: She was only doing that to get him to do what she wanted, which was to not be with Skylar, it seems like.
0: Maybe, or she was doing that because she was like, "I don't like that this isn't about me." (laughs) (laughs) I I know know people like that that too.
1: Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll be back uh, next week. I don't think there's anything going on that we we wouldn't be right. Another Uh,
0: episode next week, and we will probably only have like through two or three. well, we we could go to the end of February. Yeah. Yeah. We could have up to like six more of these. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, because some of the uh, most of them have just got released, so.
0: Yeah, you know, there's I so many more
1: m- arguments to be had.
0: I'm sure there's some flameouts, but <laughs> you imagine some people are going to make it, make it at least meaningfully long into a season, right?
1: Wow, we hope so. Okay, so until all right. then,
0: all right, see everybody then. Okay, okay. bye, bye.